This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on this Tuesday, August 17th of 2021. I am Paul Gallant and this is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Before we get into our top topic of the day... I want to tell you to stay tuned to 710 ESPN Seattle all day long. We're giving away four packs of Mariners tickets in each of our shows. So listen for your cue to call and you could win four tickets to their game on August 27th. A sing-along fireworks night when the Mariners host the Royals. And then you'll have a chance to belt out lyrics to some of your favorite songs. Take me home, country road, to the place I belong. Done with thousands of Mariners fans. Find tickets at Mariners.com. Okay, paid the bills, and now we move on to topic du jour. Jared Kelnick's season still has plenty of time left before its completion. But what we've been seeing recently out of Jared Kelnick has me feeling that this is trending towards being a success, even with the disastrous start. And it's not just the walk-off walk that he had on Friday. It's the home run that he had on Saturday. Here's Jared Kelnick smacking it out of the park. The 0-1. Swing opposite field. High fly ball. Way, way back and back to back. Jacks into the Toronto bullpen. Kelnick 6 6-3 Mariners. The floodgates are opening up for the Mariners here in the seventh against Richards. Fun Jared Kelnick fact. He has six home runs in his rookie season to this point through 51 games. Alex Rodriguez in his first full rookie season had five. It's over 48 games, but okay. A little bit of comparison here. Different era of baseball, of course, too. Different player, but... That's the kind of power that you want to see from a guy that hasn't been here for the entirety of the season. Some of you are probably thinking to yourself right now, though, Paul, really, you can't have a rookie season trending towards a success if at the end of the year he's batting sub 200, which honestly is probably likely. I mean, he started off so poorly. Are you really going to be able to dig yourself out of that hole by the end of the season? But the changes that have happened recently are striking to me. And I feel like they're a sign that Kelnick's going to make it and Kelnick's going to be a good player. And I felt like those are the signs that you were looking for this year. How is he going to adjust to the first experience of failure that he's probably had in his whole life as an athlete? We had Jared Kelnick on last Thursday and One of the reasons for his change in play, he attributes that to the change that he's had in his batting stance. I've never changed my swing, um, but just kind of changed my setup just to change my eye level so that pitches up don't look so high and pitches down look down just because that's where pitchers get to make their money is getting people to chase on the pitches down and I felt like early on I was chasing a lot of those and not swinging at the pitches up in the zone that I could handle. So just having a more upright stance has really helped me just see the ball better. Didn't look so good when he first came back to the major leagues in July. But in August, he's batting 250 with a 351 on-base percentage. 
He's slugging 521 with three home runs, one of which, of course, you saw on Saturday night after Luis Torrens went yard, two doubles. He's got an OPS of 872 over this two-week stretch of August, and it's only been two weeks, but if you compare that to the season-long OPS numbers for every single Mariner, that is higher than that of every single Mariner. Mitch Hanniger, J.P. Crawford, etc. It's better. That's striking, too. We also asked him last Thursday when we brought him aboard on Danny and Gallant how it's been for him, someone who takes failure so hard, who gets so worked up when he strikes out, how he's been able from a mental standpoint to, I guess, refocus, which was the big point of his demotion to Tacoma. Not to get better. You don't get better at AAA when you've been to the majors. There's such a vast difference between the two. It was about getting him back in the right state of mind here's what Kelnick had to say when we asked him about that you know the more and more I'm around uh the major league level you you begin to realize that the fortunate part about this game is that there's so many opportunities to succeed you know you play every single day and you have multiple at bats a game and it's that you know if I'm not going to if I don't if I don't take advantage and contribute you know one at bat that doesn't mean that I can't the next and he's doing that the number that I have loved seeing and just for context sake this is over the course of a month his first two weeks back with the Mariners after the long demotion because he's been back a month he struck out 22 times and walked just five times that's bad that's a guy that's trying to do too much in the two weeks since then, since the start of August, eight walks to nine strikeouts. And you're seeing what he just said right there, realizing that at the next at-bat, if you're not getting something that you think you can hit, you'll have another chance to potentially get that the next time around. And if guys are going to try to get him to chase things out of the strike zone, then he's got to sit back and be patient. There's no point. If you can draw a lot of walks, then all of a sudden pitchers are going to start thinking to themselves, oh, wow, this guy's actually got a good eye. Okay, I'm going to have to be a little bit more risky with the throws that I make. Because if he's not going to swing at balls out of the zone, then I'm going to have to throw strikes to, in some way, shape, or form. And some of these guys aren't great when it comes to location. So that change in approach shows me a guy who can adapt a guy who can respond to failure, and a guy who's on the way to having a successful rookie season. But what do you say? 710-710 on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. You get the call in 206-421-3776 at 1015. Can we now call Jared Kelnick's rookie season a success? Let's go to the text line. 710-710. Do not compare A-Rod and Kelnick. Stop. Listen, I just saw that on Mariners Reddit a uh, forum that I am blocked from commenting on, and I thought it was noteworthy. We're talking about two totally different players there, but if we're looking for the kind of production that you want out of a young player, 21 years old, what he's been able to do over a similar stretch of games, a 51 versus 48, from a power perspective, that's what you were hoping for. That's one of the big things that this guy brings to the table. Text in 710-710. He will be a good player, but A-Rod, let's pump the brakes. Just comparing statistics. That's it. Another text. Get off your high horse. Kelnick is a bust. You guys hyped them up so much. 
We expected another Ken Griffey or a Jay Buhner. What we got was a woofer. It's a bust. If there's a possible trade that can happen, I would not shed a tear if we got rid of them. What? Now, I will admit, I was guilty of believing the hype because there hasn't been a Mariners prospect as a positional player this hyped in a really long time, right? I don't know if things were quite to the same degree with Dustin Ackley back in the day, but with Kelnick, there is this, I think, view because of the confidence that he brings to the table and the swagger that he has that this is just a different kind of player, the kind that actually has that superstar potential, almost a... Can't make the Bryce Harper uh, Bryce Harper comparison, but there's a there's an element of his game which I do think is going to translate to interest that's not just in the city of Seattle. To be Ken Griffey Jr. though, that's not possible. That's that's probably never happening again. In fact, across baseball, some universally loved player that almost transcends the sport because baseball is just not what it was in the mid '90s. But I I, I think to say that. It's been a failure. You're just looking at his numbers for the entirety of the season. And he can't do anything about them at this point. That stretch was awful. And he did look bad. And I was starting to think about the exact same thing that you had texted in. At what point are you going to say to yourself, okay, well, maybe this isn't the guy that we thought that he might be, especially given that Evan White is clearly not the guy that you thought he might be at the plate. I suppose things can change next year. Whatever. Ty France, I think, is your first baseman for now. But the adjustments that he has made recently, I think, are striking. I really do. He's got to keep it up. There's still a month and a half left of season. But I think he is trending towards having a successful rookie season. And considering the way that things started, that's something else. 710-710, the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line. We'll get to some more of your text. 206-421-3776. You get to call in in five minutes. This hour of the Paul Gallant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. But right now, it's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Maura Dooley. What is that, Maura? Hello. Sorry, trying to maneuver all the buttons. I almost didn't turn my mic on there. Tried to turn my microphone off earlier because I was, you know, loving Tim Tebow a little bit too much, huh? Yeah, I did do that. I'm sorry. I lost my cool. Your your love for Tim Tebow angers me. Well, you could cross him off the list. It's over. You're never going to have to talk about him again. (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't bet on that. He'll find some way. How? He'll find some way to get himself back in the spotlight. He always does. Is he going to play tennis? Maybe. Golf? Ooh, golf. Golf. (laughs) Tim Tebow's going to be a golfer. Oh, that man. Um, All right, well, we have some good news for the Mariners. They are ranked Baseball America's number one farm system, just three years having been dubbed the worst farm system, and that is with... Some of their better prospects already being brought up this year. Um, they have top 50 prospects still in Julio Rodriguez, Noel V. Marte, George Kirby, and Emerson Hancock. Rodriguez is two. I'm more excited about Rodriguez than I am Kelnick because he's just a massive human being and he's young and he's got this. He has got this confidence about him that. I don't know if I want to make the comparison to David Ortiz. I'm just talking about confidence. I'm not talking about him as a player. But there is something about him. Just this very warm kind of personality. I'm really excited to see him come up. So, what were they? Bronze, I believe, in the in the uh, Olympics. And he played pretty well in that. Noel V. Marte is killing it. And I know he's 
at a low level, but he's 19 years old. I was surprised that they actually improved in their prospect rankings with Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert both being removed. They went from number two to number one, and two of their better prospects have already started playing. How the heck Jerry DePoto turned this thing around as quickly as he did is striking. I've said striking like three times thus far. But how? How do you do that? And you traded the baseball player formerly known as Robinson Cano to start the whole thing. It's surprising to me that there has not been any chatter or whispers about a possible extension for Jerry DePoto. But, I mean, once again, there are so many examples of him clearly pushing this team in the right direction. And I feel like if you are still someone who's saying, no, got to get rid of him, I feel like your head's buried in the sand on this one. And it's funny, right? Because I think part of the frustration here is that they they do always at some point in the year get you excited for them and make you think they have a chance. But it's impressive that he was able to turn around that farm system without them just becoming a completely atrocious basement team. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, last year they were scrappy. 2019 was a rough one. That's for sure. Especially when you're, what, 1-18 against the Astros? Yeah. Uh, yeah but... It not they didn't have to tank on the level that some teams did to rebuild. Right. I mean, I look. I, I I know people hate when I bring up Houston, but I was there for five years. No one cared about baseball. It was that bad. A texter suggests Tim Tebow is a pro wrestler. <laughs> He's too goody two shoes for wrestling. Yeah, that was Rob Gronkowski's game. He seems a little more. You gotta have that party guy vibe, I think. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could try to be John Cena because I think John Cena was the, the the good guy wrestler. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that Tiva would want to do that. Another texter suggests cricket. <laughs> Another texter says with Colby Parkinson out, Tiva is a must. What do you want? Unless you, this person wants to watch comedy in the middle of the preseason. Not going to lie, it could be a little more entertaining than what we've been seeing in the preseason. If you want a tight end that'll bring comedy, just bring Luke Wilson back. We don't. Oh, yeah, that's vote. true. Yeah, we could have a guy who talks as opposed to offends by his just lack of ability to block. That's tough. That was a rough watch. All right, next up, you had Kerry Heider uh, join you on the Danny and Gallant show earlier, and he discussed uh, the quality of depth that he feels they have at the defensive line this year. I'm a big believer, I think I said this before, uh, in hitting them with waves. And, you know, and the more people that we can come, the, the more we can pressure the quarterback. You know, we want to be fresh in the fourth quarter and on, and on those third downs and, you know, having quality depth, you know, which we do have with the, with the, young, with the younger guys. You know, it's, it's going to be a sight to see. So we're still putting together. We're still working. But, uh I just know with uh, you know, we continue to prepare and continue to work that we're gonna make some noise. They got a ton of bodies on the defensive line. They really do. And Saturday night's preseason game, we saw a couple of examples of the depth that they have. Rasheem Green has, I would say, been underwhelming to this point in his career. He's a former third round pick. I mean, you're expecting more out of a guy like that. But he was the best player, I thought, on the field on Saturday. Alton Robinson, all over the field as well. And that was a game where you didn't have Carlos Dunlap or Kerry Hyder out there. Brian Monet had a good game. That's a big dude at defensive tackle that you have there, and there's some concern about what's going to happen without Jaron Reed. I think that there is perhaps the... As far as variance goes at any positional group, I feel like there's more possibilities on the defensive line 
than there are at any other position. Because I feel like the ceiling is is quite high, perhaps undefinable. I do think, though, that the basement could be the kind of defensive line that we saw at the beginning of last year. I think Saturday, though, was a good start, and I'm also really intrigued by what Kerry Hyder is going to be able to bring to the table. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the Paul Gallant Show. That's what's trending with more Dooley, brought to you by King's Heating and Air every single morning at 10.15. Do you believe that Jamal Adams is actually a safety? We'll talk about that over the course of the rest of the show. We will also talk to the Graz in the sports pit. But right now, it's time for you to answer the question of today's show. Can we now call Jared Kelnick's rookie season a success? You get to answer that now. 206-421-3776. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, and you've got the chance to be heard. Your voice. Your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. Texter suggested that this is not actually the most interactive sports talk show and wants more callers to be taken. I encourage anyone who has that sentiment to please call in. Regardless of your issues... Although, actually, don't don't talk more Dooley's ear off because some some of you guys like you, you you got a long backstory that you want to get to, and you know Moore is doing a million things back there. Just sticking up for you, Moore. Oh well, I usually just want to make sure that we have time to get him in. So yeah, this give is, me a brief summary of what you want to talk about. Otherwise, I won't have time to get you to Paul, so you can actually get on the air. There you go. And listen, I welcome anybody. All opinions are welcome here, even if they're completely delusional or crazy. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Prince Pouty, wow, you're calling Jared Kelnick that? Doesn't have the goods to have the attitude. Hang on, though. I mean, what's what's happened over the last two weeks? I get it. He gets mad when he strikes out. That's a character indictment? Certain people handle failure in sports in different ways. I don't think there's one way that's correct necessarily. I know that Russell Wilson would argue that the power of neutral thinking is the secret to life, but I don't think that works for everybody. I think for some people, beating up on themselves after struggling actually makes them better. I'm not saying that's for everybody. Other people, it's just continuously maintaining a confidence that is perhaps irrational. We see that in basketball all the time. Just because he's upset when he strikes out is not a reason, I think, to feel like this is not going to work out. And we asked him about that. We asked him, like, look, you're still upset when you're, when you're not doing things. We're, we're still seeing you have issues from time to time. But if you can progress and move on and say, all right, the next at-bat, I got another chance, that's the way to go. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Absolutely, he's a success. He showed us he can adapt and learn very quickly. His future is very bright. We love him at our house and are excited to have him here. 206-421-3776 is how you call in to the Paul Galan Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Let's go to Jack in Seattle. Jack, what's up? Hello, Paul. Hey, I would have to call it incomplete. I mean, maybe if he continue to improve uh, by the end of the season, you can call it success. But we have comparables that he was spoke in the same breath as a Tatis Jr., as a, a Guerrero, as an Acuna Jr. He was spoken in that same breath. He hasn't lived up to those expectations. So right now, I would say no, he's not a success. He has a chance to end the season strong, 
Uh, right now, uh, you got to be honest, he's a disappointment, Paul. A disappointment? Man, you know, the last two weeks are changing my mind, but the, before the last two weeks, and appreciate the phone call, Jack, I, I, I would be on a totally different page. He said incomplete at the beginning of that, and that is important. That's why I say he's trending towards having a successful season. I can't say it's a success yet, but I think that he's back on the right track. But Jack is right. It's incomplete to this point. He has to continue this, and maybe he won't. There's a chance that he won't. But heading into this weekend's series in Arlington against the Texas, excuse me, to this week's series in Arlington against the Texas Rangers, I feel like this is going to keep up. A disappointment. <sighs> He's right in that if we're comparing him to those guys, that it's going to be a disappointment. There's a part of me that feels guilty for making that comparison. I bought into the hype, I bought into it hook, line, and sinker. I probably should have chilled out on that front. If you're going to make the comparison to those three, then yeah, I guess it has been a disappointment. But give it a little bit of time, too, at the same time. 710-710, the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Text line 206-421-3776. Greg is in Granite Falls. Greg, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Doing well, Greg. Um, Hey, so I'm going to go ahead and say his rookie season is an absolute success. And I know I might get some hate for it. You know, in the beginning, he did struggle. But for him to come out, and say, you know what, I, I get more at-bats than just one. Um, I, I get to turn this around throughout my game. You know, hitting's all about a mindset, and uh, it seems like he's in a really good headspace, and I'm excited to see his future. Greg, I love that you brought that up. That was from our, his interview that he did with us last week on Danny and Galan, and I appreciate the phone call. That stuck out to me. That's exactly, at the very least, what you want to say about it. Now, it's one thing to believe it. It's another thing to say it. But it feels like that's the approach he's really taking. I mean, when you see him up with the bases loaded on Friday, don't you think that he's going to perhaps try to go and get the glory? He's going to try to get the the game-winning hit? And instead, he sat back. And and, and he's done this a couple of times recently where he's been up in a critical at-bat and you would think, okay, I want him to hit a, I want him to make a clutch hit. This is the moment. This is going to be the moment. You've been on the edge of your seat. But he's been smart, patient. And, and that, that is what has excited me the most. Nine strikeouts, eight walks over the last two weeks. Like, that is a massive, I think, change. Can it continue? I don't know. I really don't. But I'm really feeling good feelings about this with Kelnick right now. I do think it's trending towards being a success. 710-710 Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line. If you got a question for the Graz, text it in. Does the Graz think that Jared Kelnick's rookie season is on the way towards being a success? We'll talk about that and more. Don't go anywhere. It's 1030 and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down and if you don't have some freaking toughness... You're going to get your, you're going to, you're going to fail. With Paul Gallant. Make sure you stay tuned as we will be giving away tickets to the Seattle Mariners game on August 27th. Got to stay tuned for that one, though. Joining me right now on the Issaquah Fest Control Hotline, the one, the only, Dave Grosby. Gros, what's going on? How you doing, Paulie? What's going on today? I can't complain. I have a question for you. And it's yes, sir. early, and there's still plenty of season left. But to this point in 2021, on August 17th, 
Can we now call Jared Kelnick's rookie season a success, especially based off of the way that he's played over the last two weeks after some ooh, tremendous struggles to open things up? Well, it's ongoing. So, I, I mean, I would say that that's, yeah, so far, I, I would think that, yes, he has turned around the initial perception of, of well, I mean, it was awful. I mean, he was yeah. – couldn't hit. He looked like he looked like one of us up there. So he's definitely changed that narrative. But uh, I'll keep in mind that if he goes 0 for 40 to end the season, I don't think we're going <laughs> to feel like he's happen. turned the corner. No. And and we definitely don't want to see that. But I would say at this point, yes, uh, in, in my book, he's definitely turned the narrative. He just he he, he looks he, he shows the confidence at the plate that he showed everywhere else on the field. How about I put it that way? I mean, he just looks he, he looks very very confident, very very cocky. Um, he, he's, he's swinging well. I mean, he, he's swinging off lefties well. He just looks settled, uh, you know, for lack of a better word. And, and uh, I, I, I don't have the feeling he's going to enter September, by the way, and go over 40. I mean, that, that feels to me like those days are, are beyond him. And I feel like he is, uh, at this point, uh, I think we said it before when we were asking, talking about it, he's, he's here to stay. I mean, he's, he's made his adjustments. There'll be other ones along the way. But uh, I think that, um, that he's here to stay at this point. I, I think he's trending in the right direction. To Graz, an, an interesting text. Kalnick is closer to Dustin Ackley than Acuna, Fernando, or Vlad Jr. Okay, yeah. well that's that, that's extreme, but he he brings up you are stoked because he walked with the bases loaded, but I am. Right. I, I don't know what it is, Graz, but that at bat on Friday, I, there was my gut. My gut was telling me he's gonna he's gonna try to do too much here, and instead yeah. he was patient, and and that's. I think that's so big for him, at least at this point in his career. Maybe a couple of years from now, you are expecting him to hit a grand salami. But for now, I want him to make pitchers actually throw strikes against him. Well, and I think especially that it was it was you know four straight wide ones. I mean, it was, yeah. it was there wasn't a pitch to swing at, and, and he didn't. You know that that jumped out too. I mean, if he had taken a couple of strikes and made a little nerve rattling or had let let one go right down Broadway and, and, and hadn't gone near it, you know, okay. But, you know, this was, this was a guy looking at, at four bad pitches and, and uh, knew that that was enough to win. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a phrase that I like to say a lot, too. I mean, know when it's enough to win. You know, know what you got to do to win the game. You know, don't worry about, you know, your personal glory will follow. Win the ball game. And that was the winning play. And, and it did show maturity from a guy who you're looking to see it from. So it was certainly a much bigger deal for him than it would have been even for some other younger players, you know, because he is, you know, one of the things you wanted to see is, is good judgment and patience. Um, he's not lacking in the other categories, uh, the other qualities, I mean. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, so far so good, and uh, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be an interesting couple of weeks still. It is. So very Canadian, by the way, of the Blue Jays on uh, Friday to, to, to walk it in. Before we talk about the coming weeks, this is a, the listener question of the day. It comes from Fred, 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can definitely weigh on this better than me. I, I wrote an English paper about him once. I actually got a D on it at first and it ended up being better by the end. I got an A eventually on it, but I had to write a, P, a piece about Pete Rose. And this texter asks if you see a little Charlie Hustle in young Jared Kelnick. Yeah. You know, you can see a little bit. Uh, I mean, Pete Rose was was as a player. You know, you tend to forget because of what he, you know, what he became and and uh, you know how how he conducted himself after he, his playing career was over and when he was managing. But as a player, you know, the one thing that I'd say he's different than than Kelnick in is that you know he could play every position, obviously. But in terms of being aggressive, in terms of being confident, in terms of being intelligent, and he's he's not at that level yet. 
but uh, certainly, yeah. I mean, I didn't see a young Pete Rose. I saw I saw a fully formed Pete Rose playing by the time I was a baseball fan. And, and you know, he, he could, I can see what the caller's talking about. You have some of those qualities of just of just you know playing the game in attack mode, being aggressive. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's always playing at, at the you know at fast forward, and and you can see that in Kelnick. So yeah, that's not a that's not a bad comparison. And and he's got to work on a few other things, but uh, there are much 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 worse guys to be compared to. I touched on this a little bit yesterday, Graz, as far as what the Mariners can actually do the rest of the way. Playoffs yeah. are probably unrealistic because you're going to have to overtake mm-hmm. a couple of different thing, teams. But after a conversation Danny and I had had about 1995 and how the, the Angels just collapsed down the stretch and the Mariners were able to catch them, I, I've been looking ahead at what Oakland has to play. Oakland's got a really tough schedule the rest of the season. Not just the games against Seattle, but they've got their fair share of games against Houston, the White Sox, among other legitimate contenders in the American League. I think they can catch Oakland. I don't know if that gets them into the playoffs, especially with the offense that Toronto still has on them. We saw it in full force on Sunday with the Yankees warming up. But I don't know how likely it is. I, I, I think they can catch Oakland. What do you think? I think that'd be a nice step forward. Uh, you know, we'll see. The, the A's have just, you know, they've been a good September team. They, they just have, have mm-hmm. always played well. They're 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 playoff uh, veteran team at, at this point. Um, anything is possible. And, and you're right. This this now you become you, you kind of get into the the mode of, okay, it's time to be a Mariner fan for the season. And what small accomplishments can be achieved, which is frustrating, but but uh, it, it's it's more more likely at this point. And I'll I'll, I'll settle with. Have a winning record against the A's. How about you beat them more than they beat you? I mean, that that that, that would be a step in, in the right direction. And Oakland may slip. You know, we'll see. Uh, and you're right. I, I agree with you that you know it was one thing when when you just had one team to catch. That was the wild card team in front of you. But now you've you've allowed two teams to pass you. So you know it's it's unlikely at this point. Although you just keep your head down and keep winning. But if they could they could post a better record than Oakland. If they could they could be better than the A's are. I mean, that is a step, a big step in the right direction for them. Six and four against them to this point. One last question for you, Graz, and it has to do with Tim Tebow, who was released <laughs> this morning as tight end. Everyone's cackling. I get it. I get it. But this is a guy that has been stuck in the national consciousness as an athlete, despite not having mm-hmm. done a whole lot in a decade, in a way that I, I can't really compare to anything else over at least the past 10 years for me. I mean, even Johnny Manziel, he eventually flamed out, old Johnny football. Can you think of anybody else from back in the day that just mm. stuck in the national consciousness the way that Tim Tebow has without honestly having done a dang thing on the playing fields that he played on, not just football, but baseball too? Remember, he had one magic moment. He did. 2011 was he fun. One, one, one crossing pass for the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm, against the Steelers, and, 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 right, and won a postseason game. Uh, to answer your question, no, I mean there, uh, it, it's hard. I mean, this is how many years is this now? Fifteen years since he last played college football. Yeah, two thousand nine. Uh, I, I mean, he, he, yeah, two thousand ten. Twelve years. I mean, he, he's tried. He's tried baseball. I mean, he he tried the pros and they, and they bounced him out. You know, he went into baseball, never made anything happen there, and then trying to play football again as a tight end. Uh, no, um, I, I, he is, he, he's definitely been a unique person. I'm, I'm trying to think of guys who, who flared and flashed, but most of the time they just went away. Uh, he kind of, he, he showed his T-boneness, his, his stick-to-itiveness. 
even though, uh, boy, watching that, that play against Green Bay where he gets hammered up when he goes in motion was, was just, it's a meme he's going to have to live with the rest of his life in this world. <laughs> I know. Oh, boy. Not a good way to go out. He is the Graz. Graz, always appreciate you joining me. Thanks to Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. And since we don't have a show on Thursday, talk to you next week. Sounds good, Paul. Thank you. That is the Graz, everybody. Love to have him aboard. Up next, you want to stay tuned. We're still giving away a four-pack of Mariners tickets. Plus, I'm going to tell you why Jamal Adams isn't a safety. 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. We're going to send one of you to the Mariners game on August 27th. All you got to do is call 206-421-3776 or 866-979-3776 in one minute if you're listening on the radio or in 30 seconds if you're on the stream. Caller number four. You're going to win four tickets to the Mariners sing-along fireworks night on August 27th. I wonder what sing-along songs they'll play. Classics such as Wheels on the Bus. The Wheels on the Bus go round and round. How about Old McDonald? No. Is that the kind of stuff you perform at karaoke, Paul? <laughs> no. This is like kids' bop stuff. <laughs> Hopefully this won't be a kids' bop kind of night. Uh, sing-along. It's very easy to sing along the song Tequila. You know, you just have to say tequila every, what, 50 seconds or so. The best one that I think gets everybody going is probably either Don't Stop Believing by Journey or by John Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Living on a Prayer, I think, gets everybody worked up. But there's probably some other songs that are more modern that I imagine get people riled up to. But anyway, those are songs that I imagine could be played. Uh, 710-710 is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. And as we get all of the callers in to potentially win tickets to the Mariners game, we'll get back to the phones in a little bit. But the question of today's show, can we now call Jared Kelnick's rookie season a success? I think it is trending that way. It's been two weeks, but I think the two weeks that we have seen Kelnick play have shown a sort of evolution. Will it last? Remains to be seen. But I think the approach at the plate, the patience that he is showing that is a really good sign, especially with how things started. And if he's experienced failure for the first time, has been humbled, but can finish the season playing at the level he's playing at right now, which is not great by any means, but for a 22-year-old hitting 250 in the majors with an on-base percentage of something in the high 300s, an OPS this month of 821, that's pretty good. Those are the kind of things that you're hoping for out of a young player like Kelnick. Obviously, you want more. But I think we're kidding ourselves, and I was kidding myself, to expect some of the same things that we've seen out of some of the best young players in baseball recently. There's that dude on the race, that young race prospect, whose name is eluding me, but I remember he had a home run in his first game, and I was like, oh, man, this guy looks good. But what, what has he done since then? You know? Uh, uh, Franco. Wander Franco, I believe. It hasn't been like a just complete devastation of baseball. It's been different. It takes time. A couple of texts in, 710-710, before I tell you why Jamal Adams is not a safety. This is from Taylor in Idaho. Shout out to the east side of Washington and to our people in Idaho. Kalnick competes with a joy and curiosity that we haven't seen since 
Ken Griffey Jr. People need to understand that the guy hasn't failed his entire life. I'm with you. That is, that is a big part of this. Patience is the shortcut. If you can't see the skill and talent, you're blind and need to relearn baseball. Boom! Taylor coming off the top ropes at the end of that one. Uh, Seth from Stalecum texts this in. He started off with a bang in the first game with a dinger. Then he had a rough slump. The second game. In that rough slump, we saw him deeply internalize the mistakes he made since that he's come through in the defensive side of the ball, and he's shown some solid skills in the base path and at the plate. He's not a Vlad Jr. or a Tatis, but he's still got some work to do to call this season a success. It's trending towards that. To call it that now, you can't. I would like to. I would love to be Captain Optimism here, poly positivity, but still plenty of time. He has to keep this up. I just think this two-week stretch is sustainable. It's not like he's tearing the cover off of the ball right now. He's just being more patient at the plate. 710-710, that's the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Really quickly, Jamal Adams, should he be franchise tagged, is going to appeal to the NFL and say that I'm not a safety. I'm a linebacker. I don't know that I could say he's definitively a linebacker just based off of his size, but I will say that he's a sports linebacker. That's a new position that I've just created. It's essentially like a sports car, some sort of hybrid between a... Uh, pickup truck. I guess actually defensive linemen would probably be pickup trucks if we're making car comparisons to positional groups. Linebacker, you're an SUV. So you're, what are you, a sports SUV of some sort? I don't think Adams has a position. We have to figure out what the name of this one is. I know a lot of people are going to bring up, well, he's a safety. Eh, I don't know. I don't know if you can still say that he is a safety with the way that he plays. To me, I hear safety, I think back line of defense. I think Earl Thomas. I think Ed Reed. Yeah, I think about Troy Polamalu, Ronnie Lott, some other safeties who are more physical. But for the most part, safety is last line of defense. Is Jamal Adams the last line of defense? He plays strong safety. Sure, fine, technically. But when out of your 784 snaps last year, 94 are on the defensive line, and you have nine and a half sacks, 351 are in the box, which is subjective, 173 are as a slot cornerback, 17 were as a wide corner, and 149 were at free safety. Is he really a safety? If he's lining up all over the place, isn't he essentially if we're going back to NCAA football, the video game, athlete, A-T-H, you can put him anywhere. There are certain places where he's a lot more uh, adept. I mean, I don't think you want him at free safety very often. We saw how that worked in that game against the New England Patriots where Julian Edelman kept on beating him over the top after Quandre Diggs got ejected. That's something that you're probably not looking for out of him. But I think people want all safeties to fit into this box of being these guys who in coverage are real difference makers. Adams isn't that. Adams is never going to be that. So if he's not that and he's never going to be that, then what is his actual position? I think his position is a lot closer to what you're seeing out of some of these young linebackers that are coming into the league. These guys are so fast these days. You know, when Bobby Wagner was in his prime, I think you could have made an argument through on another team say, you know what, we could put Wagner at safety. That was a long time ago. And I, I, I think there are other guys, too, that you could say the exact same thing about. Isaiah Simmons in Arizona, I don't know what position he plays. No one really knew what position he played at Clemson. 
You can move him all over the place. And right now, he's a linebacker. If you can move a guy, though, all over the place to the degree that you can move Jamal Adams, isn't that inherently more valuable? And doesn't that make him more than a safety? So I don't think he's necessarily going to win his appeal because we saw Jimmy Graham try to do that, even though he couldn't block as a tight end and was trying to appeal that he was a wide receiver, which honestly, fair point, you can't block. (laughs) It'd be pretty funny if you get paid more because you can't block. In this situation, Jamal Adams does more than what a safety does. And I think that a lot of what he is doing in 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 the box and in the front half of the defense is similar to that of a linebacker you want to throw that that label of safety on him fine he doesn't play safety he doesn't play it the way that you expect a safety to play he just doesn't there will be other players like him I think too in the near future because I think Seattle definitely look they traded two first round picks for him but there's something avant-garde about the way that they use him I'm intrigued to see it hopefully he'll be on the field this coming season I'm Paul Gallant. This was the Paul Gallant Show. Big thanks to the Gras who stopped by, to our callers. Congratulations to our winners who are going to see the Seattle Mariners on a sing-along game. Yeah, it's going to be a little lot of fun. More Dooley behind the glass. So long, farewell. Jake and Stacy are next. Have yourselves a wonderful Tuesday.